Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night. Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of The Huddle. Coach! Yes! All right! <laughs> First touchdown of the year. <laughs> Miami Hurricanes, yeah. You know the name already. It's Mercy. <laughs> it's a six ring cane show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue, Vision DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. Real poor alive from the hall. What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go, Canes. Let's go, let's go. So so I gotta say, um, I got a new message on StreamYard because we famously run on Miami time and we started early. It's like, you know you're early. Like Pop Sebastian show up and I'm like, go live anyway. Uh, So this is the first time we've ever, uh, I mean, you're not really supposed to start early either, but uh, you know, we're usually several minutes late that it starts warning me like, you know, we're going to cancel some of these, like, some of these links to other sites because they don't like This you is weird. Them. We're not going to let you start. Yeah. yeah. I was very concerned that, that you know, we're fired up for this. So let's, yeah, let's we, we, could, we couldn't we wait the five minutes. We had we're, to, we had to go to it. baseball mode, man. There's no denying that. Uh, it's funny, man, because, like, I know uh, most, most Canes fans, they get hyped up about football season. They, uh, like us, right? We get super yep. hyped up about football season. We love football around here. Uh, I mean, it's what we talk about probably 80, 85, 90% of the time, right? So, but to be honest with you, man, I, I mean, baseball is life to me, right? I grew up, you know, playing baseball my whole life, right? Played, played, played competitively, played college, played a little bit of semi-pro. And it's not even about me playing. It's just... I don't know, man. It's 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 in my veins, right? Like that's that's me. I know we've had these conversations off air about you know what I would, what would be the for me the the thing that I would do that make that would make me the happiest in the whole world that I could do for the rest of my life, right? And and we've spoken about that a lot. Um, and, and for me, it's 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 coaching baseball, playing baseball, being around, you know, being on the diamond, right? Yeah. And and so to me, it's funny, and I'm. I'm in the minority here. I'm, I guarantee you, but uh, national championship in baseball is to me just as exciting or just as gratifying as the national championship in football to me. Um, and I know a lot of people don't th- feel that way, right? They feel it's football or bust. But for me, look, this was a baseball town. This was a baseball t- uh, school before it was even football, right? I mean, yep. we're talking about you talk. You want to talk about major league players and and 
and all Americans and national championships and, and baseball's right up there, man. Baseball's right up there. So uh, this is one of the most storied franchises, uh, excuse me, storied programs in all of college baseball history, right? This is the one that we can really sit there and say, we're, we're at the, we're at the top when it comes to. Yeah. It's weird. This is, all of our other programs are kind of upstarts, but college baseball became big because of Ron Frazier in Miami. Yeah. And so it's completely opposite. We're the blue bloods here. It's such yeah. a weird thing for the weird, rest of right? our programs, right? It really like, is. It, it's uh, like, you know, when you say college basketball, right, you can't say it without mentioning the Dukes and the North Carolinas and Kentuckys and mm-hmm. Indiana, even Indiana. Yeah, those, yeah those, UCLA, like all these schools. Yeah, UCLA, that, right. You can't mention college baseball without saying Miami. It, it's just, or, 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 mind you, Texas is in there too, which is yeah. what makes this regional kind of interesting. But yeah, Texas is in there too. But yeah, it's kind of a weird situation where it is the one sport where Miami is definitely a blue blood. They're like a traditional power, kind of what we're not in the other sports. Right. You know, like we're, I hate to use this analogy, we're kind of the Notre Dame of baseball. We made it big and, and, and that's, that's, that's you know, that, that's where we sit in baseball. To John's point, this is the first, the first major program that won a championship was baseball, not football. Um, and, you know, it's been a while. Yeah, but we're going to get, we're going to get every angle that's covered, but it's been, it's been a long time. Since uh, this this program has even been in supers, right? Let alone Omaha. So, but it's yeah. funny though because every year, you know, even in, in our down years, the year twenty what was it twenty seventeen when we didn't make the playoffs, uh, we didn't yeah. make the tournament at all. Yeah, like you still think, man, there's there's a shot, and and under the radar or not, like this team is always going to be competitive. It's, it's always going to have, you know, that that allure to them that at any moment, man, Miami gets hot, and you know the the Yonder Alonso years, the the Grandals, the, the David Thompsons, like all those teams that didn't make it. But, I mean, we were with Yonder, well, we were the number one team in America that year, right? And, yeah, we fell yeah. short. But it's just like it, – it, it, it's it's funny. I, and I know that maybe I'm kind of pushing it a little bit, but Miami baseball doesn't re – you know, they don't re um, – they, they reload, right? They don't – they don't – you know, they, they don't – God, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. They don't. Um, they reload their programs. They don't have to. They don't have to start from new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is like a team that yeah, they're gonna lose a couple of guys. They, so they, so I, I think I think the word you're looking for is rebuild. Rebuild. Jesus Christ, what's going on with me? Yeah, they don't. <laughs> they don't rebuild, right? They reload. Really football's been rebuilding for 25 years. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah, you forget the word. <laughs> Uh, you know that's that's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. They, they they reload this this team, and you know we I, I talk about it and I, I complain about it. Man, why are we recruiting the best players in the country? That's Miami baseball. You yeah. know the best players in the country are going to want to come here, and then they get drafted in the first round, and we're like shit. You know there there goes Carlos Correa. There goes you know whoever it is you want Josh Naylor. Yeah. Whoever you want to talk about. You know there they go, but. The, the fact of the matter is that that's Miami baseball and, and it's, it's exciting and, and we're back at it again. And we're hosting a regional again in Coral Gables for the 157th time, which is. Well, last year didn't go well. So we're hoping. No, for, uh... no. And, and, and it's, it's scary because what happened last year happened this year again, and I'll get into that. And I think, you know, where I'm going with that with Louisiana, but um, uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. We can't get into it yet. Because, well, all right, all right, all right. I'll be patient. Seconds, you know, but uh, it's, 
Yeah, it starts it starts Friday, and I think the as corny and as cliche as it sounds, the road to Omaha, man. We got to get there, and this is a team that I think can do it. Uh, they're getting they're playing well at the right time. And baseball is a tricky sport, man. And if you get hot, you can go a long way, even if you're not the best team in the country. And I still think they're one of the top ten teams in the country for sure. So anything can happen at that point. Um, but like I mentioned, baseball is a, a, a crazy sport, man. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the tournament pans out. Yeah, yeah, we actually we talked about this on Monday's instant reaction show, but just missed a national seed. Yes, this much, and nice. and I get why we didn't, but. Yeah. I, no, that, I mean, it's had they given us a national seat, I think that everybody would have been okay with it as well. I don't know, just because I don't know who you bump out. Well, it would have been we okay. Maybe if they would have bumped out Stanford, then they would have been like, "Look at this ACC and SEC buy." I mean, they couldn't do that. Like, there's not even like there's the next farthest west host from Stanford is Stillwater, Oklahoma. Like, they couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I, I just. Uh, I, I mean, the problem, again, the problem is that is Virginia being the bubble national seed host. Like, if you look at the rankings that came out, we we're ahead of Virginia and all of them. Right. But if you're on a committee and you're, you know, apportioning, and there's a huge difference between eight and nine, because there is, even though I know Virginia ended up seventh, but we strongly suspect that was a shuffle. So we wouldn't line up with them because they want a conference, yeah. a weekend conference series as, as a super regional. Um, yeah, you, I don't think you can justify, even though I think we're a better team than them at this point, and we're certainly playing better than them right now. I don't think you can justify saying, you know, when they swept us it. and won the Coastal. Like, I'd be irate if I was <laughs> if, if we had swept the team and won the division and went one and one in the ACC tournament and the IT made the five, like, oh, yeah, let's make that the national yeah. seed. I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. What is this yeah. crap? So, I agree. Like, I, don't, well, I, would, I personally would not have put us in front of Virginia, even though I think we're a better team than right well, now. Well, that kind of happened last the year. Whole, the whole team has to count. Right. So yeah, that kind of happened with us last year, right? We we we, you know, we got a national seat, but we ended up, you know, we, we weren't playing well. Um, we, well. we we played terrible in the ACC tournament. We got Bruce rolled by Wake last year, and then you know that carried that into the into the Coral Gables region. They did. Unfortunately, they sure did. All right, so let's get right into it, man. Because uh, hopefully, right, we're praying to the rain gods. We're praying to the weather gods. Yeah, the weather looks nasty, but not as. I guess it's looking to be more hit or miss. So there should be windows, so. windows to get the games in, but expect it to be, you know, all right. We're delayed for forty-five minutes an hour. Then we'll try to get some innings in. Then maybe pause again. It's going to be one of those types of deals, but. Right. Last year, it was basically Friday was a complete washout, um, and then it was still doing the, the dodging over the weekend. So hopefully they can, because one of the things that did happen to our team last year is, you know, playing those that that w- the way they redid the schedule was to fit four days of games into three days. Um, so on that Sunday, normally you don't play twice on the same day, right? In in unless you. Uh, Unless you're like on that last day, that's true. We we did actually. I mean, this yeah. isn't even. A, yeah, no, that's true. We kind of like that plays into you know our. Hands. That might help, but what what happened? Like usually, if you're in the winners bracket, you can't really get eliminated the next day like we did. But you know, we were in the winners bracket two one run losses, season over, just like that. Um, you usually don't have to you know recover in ten minutes and play again like we did. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna definitely cover this, Jeff, uh, and. Man, Jeff's on all of my shows this week. 
He's ready to go. He's ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's he's doing the full cane circle with us. Um, so yeah, so hopefully you know they'll at least be able to play both the games on Friday and keep on schedule, even if it's you know not maybe on time. And that way we're not in a situation where we're we're playing like three games <laughs> in a day or something like we did last year. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, this is what I want to do. I kind of want to go backwards on on you know previewing the teams and the matchups. Uh, obviously, we're gonna kind of you know talk. Oh about yeah, it. no, I, I agree. I think I think I don't. I don't think we probably. I think we're we. I think we overall probably the one national seed we probably had a better resume on paper than is Virginia, but you can't do that because they dominated us in the season. So. Right. So I, I think, yeah, no, I don't think they could have really put us over. I don't think Stanford was the eight. I think Stanford was the seven. They switched it so that we wouldn't play Virginia. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And I'm kind of happy they did that. But at the same time, I think that uh, – Well, I mean – Virginia's not playing great right now. So even if they – And also, the you know, I mean – I mean, I, I definitely would have, you know, Virginia – <laughs> That's a that's an hour and a half drive for me. So. Yeah, it would have been nice for you, right? <laughs> that I'm like six uh, hour flight. Man. Shoot. Stanford loses, and then we don't have to worry about such things. Yeah, Stanford loses. Uh, you know, Cal State Fullerton could win it. Texas A and M. They're still coming to Miami anyway, so that's yeah, that's good over there. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about this matchup, uh, Vish, uh, the one versus four. Obviously, Miami right. and Maine. Uh, Maine is look. It's again. This is not a bad team, right? They won the America East Conference, uh, and 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 they kind of cruised through it. A good record, thirty-one and nineteen overall. Now, you know, here's the only thing, right? This happens a lot with most teams, right? They were four and seven in neutral sites. Although they did take two or three from Pitt, which is an ACC team, who uh, you know, decent, you know, decent team. They they obviously didn't um. Didn't do much in the tournament or whatnot, but it's still an ACC team. They went up there and they took two or three from them, right? They've they've got you know they've got a little bit of power. They've hit eighty three home runs this year, uh, five players hitting over three hundred. They've got um, some really good guys like Jeremiah Jenkins. Uh, he leads the team in, in batting average home runs. Uh, he's got twenty bombs, so he can he can definitely swing the bat a little bit. Uh, they are top heavy though, so you know if you can get a if you can get through their the the top half of the lineup. I think that um, you know Miami should be okay. Again, they haven't played the caliber of teams that Miami has. They do have some pretty good pitching. Uh, their Friday night starters, this kid uh, Colin Fitzgerald, uh, started the first game in the tournament. Uh, he's probably going to get the nod here. He is a sophomore, the young kid. Uh, not not great numbers, but you know four four eight ERA is probably better than ours, <laughs> than whoever we got starting. But that yeah. uh, you know either way. Their pitching is okay. They've got, you know, they've got three guys. Uh, Gianni uh, Gamardella is is the other is the best pitcher at a two point nine one ERA, but he's only had thirteen appearances and um, he's he's kind of like a, like a you know two or three inning type of guy. So um, yeah, look, this is gonna too be too soon, man. Too soon. Oh, I'm, I'm not reading that. What did it say? I don't mean it's Blake James. Jesus, oh, that's geez. that's not good. That's not good. Um, so, just sorry to address this because before we kind of get on the main a little bit. Um, so, there's definitely a high chance of rain. The difference with this this year's forecast versus last is last. There's it's actually somewhat similar in that there's a tropical system, not like a storm, but, but a tropical system, like not like a named storm, but a tropical system in the Gulf. 
Right. The difference this year is it's supposed to go north of us. We're going to get the edges of it. So there's a high chance of rain, but there should be gaps. Last year, it rained the entire day without any gap on Friday. So they just washed the whole thing out, started everything late on Saturday when it kind of cleared out, played through a drizzle then. Like, we should hopefully be able to have gaps. Like, Jazz and I were talking about this. We think they might move some of the game times around. You know, the Texas game might not start on time and, and all of that, but we're, we're hopeful that they can at least get the games on the day that they're scheduled, although it's unlikely they'll all just go off on time. Right. So I think it's a little bit of a different forecast. It doesn't look good either, but it's Miami and May. We're used to this. Exactly. Or June, I guess, at that point. I guess June at this point, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, if Miami's team, if Miami's game gets off. Um, but just kind of going back to, yeah, to Maine. Maine, you know, they've – they're coming in and, have, and they've won seven games in a row, so they'll be confident. This is the thing with a lot of these teams, right? A lot of these teams that are in the tournament have won a few games in a row, right? Some of these lower lower half of the of the bracket teams, their threes and their fours, because they're playing they're, they're not playing these P five, you know, ACC conference tournaments. They're not playing those type of tournaments. So you get teams that kind of get hot at the end of the year. Look, I mean, look at Tulane, what they did for the yeah. low of you know they're they're the first forty win team I think uh, forty loss team excuse me uh, in the tournaments in quite some time I don't even know maybe it might be in, in the whole entire history of the tournament right yeah they're one of the worst teams ever too yep um, I mean they they what is the teams have also played ten times in the last ten years uh, yeah so- we've been playing Maine as that that kickoff series a few times yeah. um, and also as the the finals week series. That's right. That's what yeah. it was. That's yeah. So we we've hit them a couple of times, um, and uh, yeah, that we're ten and eight and two against them. But you know, it just takes one to ruin our season at this point. So that's it. That's all it takes. Um, yeah. And to your point, Jazz, they're actually not one of those teams that just got hot. They dominated their conference and then won the conference tournament. Now it is a single bid league, and like you said, the the question is, um. Um, is the the competition, but the numbers are strong. They're used to winning. You, that you can't underestimate the the um, how much confidence you have going in there when you're used to hitting the ball well, used to winning. You know, if we get off to a slow start, they they they're capable of winning. Obviously, Absolutely. they've won here. They've won here. You know, us winning eighty percent of the games against that program is not a hundred percent. So, so, I mean, they can definitely win and, and they're used to winning. So it's a little bit like, I feel like you'd rather almost play a team like two, obviously Tulane's an extreme example, but a team that, you know, probably wouldn't have gotten in, but got hot in their conference tournament. Cause then you're like, all right, this is a team that's kind of used to losing that the year. Maine is not that, like I said, they won at Pitt. They did get swept at Maryland, which is kind of the only other really, you know, name Maryland was a borderline host, but they, they didn't really get challenged in their conference tournament either. And that's a high pressure situation for them in a one bid league. They had this great season and then you go blow a game and you're, you're yeah, gone. You're gone. Like, it's not like, it's not like where we basically said, we're not going to throw Walters in the ACC championship game to save his arm. Like they don't have those luxuries and, uh, and, and they, and they, they kind of handle that easily. This is a, this is a solid team. And it's one where there are, there are a few hitters on the team that can really hurt you. And right. we got to make sure we're careful with those. Here, here's what I will say, and, and and you know, look, everybody that's writing in, in the in, in the uh, in the chat, if if you've heard any of the other shows, I talk about college baseball as a whole. I mean, it's a crapshoot. Some of these lower, you know, these uh, you know, mid-major conferences, these Division two teams, NAI teams, JUCO teams, sometimes are more talented than some of these Power Five teams. 
you know, and, and that's how baseball is. Baseball is weird, right? You got so much talent everywhere. Um, and to be quite honest with you, like sometimes the lineups are really, really strong all throughout conference play, all throughout the tournament. So you're going to face good lineups. You're going to get face good hitters. Where you're going to see a little bit of the difference between a Power 5 team and a team that's in, you know, America East Conference or whatever it is, or the MAC or some sort of group of five school, the biggest difference, the most inherent difference that you're going to notice is in pitching, right? Sometimes yeah. in some of these big Power 5 schools, you will have these huge, these big arms, right? The guys that throw 95, 98, 99, and they can go after you and they're going to shut you down, right? You're not going to get that with a lot of these mid-major schools, these, you know, these schools that have, you know, that play up in the Northeast. So like you're going to get maybe an arm that, that's 88 to 90, 91. But for the most part, you're going to get guys that are just, you know, they're they're kind of sitting right around 88 to 90. And that's just – that's the average, obviously, right? We all know that the average is about 90, 89, 90s. But the point is that you're not going to have that dominant arm like you would with a Florida or Vanderbilt or, uh, you know, Texas. Even Texas was a two-seed, and we'll get to them, you know. You're not going to have those types with teams like a Maine or like a two, even Tulane, who's in a who's in a bigger conference. You're not going to get those big arms. That's where Miami or other top teams have to take advantage. Well, do we do we have those? Arm- well, I guess this is kind of you know yeah. some of the discussion yeah. in the chat. We have those arms. Are we going to throw them? We don't have well, a lot of them this year. Are we going to throw any of them? In this so year? that's so that's what I was getting at, right? That's what I was getting at is. You know, I, I see, you know, I see Jeff talking about it and, and Smash and Polkane and, and some of the other guys about who they want to see start against Maine. And we've talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Uh, who we think could start. And I, th- I think we've both started to agree that for us, I think it's 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 people, right? It's Rosario, I think, should get the nod. That's who I would throw. Yeah. I mean, um, t- 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 tell me why. Tell me why, Bishop. Well, to your point, you know, they're not used to seeing that kind of velocity. It's an adjustment. I mean, they're obviously significantly better than Presbyterian, but they couldn't touch him because he just overpowered them. He's coming off one of his better performances of the season against the number one team in the country. And he can go long into games. And I'm thinking the bullpen, conserving it. I get what, what Smash is saying, and that's certainly an option to go Ligon and Chestnut to really eat a bunch of the innings. I'd rather have Ch- – we might have to play a lot of games. We might need him to start somewhere. Um, so just burning him out of the bullpen the first game is not is not something I would do. And I think I think the other thing with with Pipo is even when he's struggling, he tends to settle in. He like has a bad inning and then kind of can still can kind of recover a little bit and 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 continue to eat to eat innings. So I think between those things, like he can definitely get tagged, and we've seen it. And it's kind of <laughs> how how is he getting smacked as much throwing this hard? But I think Maine will have more trouble doing that. And I think, um, you know, even if he, let's say in the second and he gets tagged for two or three runs, I still think he's capable of mentally bouncing back from that and throwing another four or five innings and getting us deeper into the game because he's done that before. You know, he famously has his bad inning and then he kind of is fine after that. And I think that works well in this game because it's much less likely he would he would have that bad inning. Um, and then also, I, I think, it'll help conserve the, uh, the, the bullpen, which is what my biggest concern is. Like, I think we'll, I mean, Maine's a good team. We should win, but you don't want to like use half your bullpen to try and win that game and go deep into the game. So I think people gives us an opportunity to not do that and keep Ligon and, and Zeal for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. 
uh, he, look, and I think I still think Chestnut is available, right? For three, three or four innings, I think you can still get. Yeah, that if you need to, yeah. If, if you need to, so if, if, if you know, let's just say hypothetically speaking, Rosario goes six innings and we're up by you know six or seven runs. Gunther you know, Brando. Then you got Esther <laughs> Perez. Now, uh, you know, I think I, it would be. I think it would be. I actually do think if we're up like that by that margin, Perez would get a shot in there. Yeah. Yeah, um, I can see that too. Uh, I, I but I can see kind of Chestnut getting his confidence, continue to build on his confidence a little bit against a team like Maine. And, you know, going out there and and getting a couple of innings of really good work. Look, right now at this point, it's about staying hot and, or getting hot and staying hot, right? And if you can if you can get a couple of innings in against a team like Maine and shut them down, your confidence is going to get boosted. You're going to play better baseball. You can kind of work that through the rest of the tournament and and. And that's it. Yeah, he he throws he throws when he gets behind and the hitters know what's coming. Absolutely, but I think that's where the difference is between a team like Maine and Texas, or even Louisiana, yeah. where he can get behind on some of these hitters and still overpower them enough. Where, you know, look, the hitting is the hitting, right? Everybody has good hitting at this point, but I just feel like because he is so overpowering, he throws so hard that I think he, you know. Is the kind of guy that can come in and shut shut a team like me. So, down. but what do you think about? Because so, I guess we should we should point out that Gino has not kind of named anything, which is one of the reasons we're having having this debate. Um, he did mention, you know, we aren't sure what role people has. He might be out of the bullpen. Now, he was obviously again against the number one team in the country, really good out of the bullpen last week. Right. Uh, so, I know we we talked about what we and Smash is right. He's had two outstanding regional starts. We we're talking about what we what do you think Gino is gonna do here? Because I got the sense he's kind of like I like I think remember he put Pipo in against FIU in that midweek game. We started texting each other like what the hell is Pipo yeah, doing in this game? Yeah. And it was I think it was at this point it's clearly um, uh, it's clearly it was it was confidence builder as well as let's see what he does out of the pen. And then he he did it again against uh, Wake and it worked really well. I wonder if at this point it's like this guy's role is better there. This is another good option, right? This is something that I brought up. What Smash has yeah. brought up is starting with a guy like Guy again. Guile is another guy that's overpowering, right? He's ninety four to ninety six on the bump. Uh, he's another guy that can come in, and he's been pitching really well lately as well. So I can see this option of going with Guy on the, you know, you know, maybe working some other guys. And the only problem I have with that is that Guy hasn't gone more than what about four innings this year, three or four innings. It's yeah, so he's not really going to go. He wants someone that's going to eat innings. He's not the guy. People is definitely the guy that's going to eat more innings. You know, so that's that's the only reason why. And I think that right now you got to do whatever you can to conserve that bullpen uh, because they've thrown so many innings. Right, Torres has thrown a lot. Uh, even Walters has had a couple multiple innings saved. Yeah, there, there's definitely been a pulling back on on Torres's usage to try and save him a little bit, and Walters there hasn't really been if you watched last weekend. But but Torres definitely he he's getting quick hooked out of games and not put in in situations where you normally would to have him pitch a little bit less. I think we used him in like a one batter situation last week. I'm like yeah, he never good. goes one batter. Um, so I I think it was in, against Wake. Um, so he. Yeah, he's someone I think whose arm we're saving for for for. He's really, uh, despite what happened against Clemson, he's a very good high leverage moment pitcher, and we want to make sure he's got arm to do that. So I can't imagine. I think the goal, who regardless of who starts, I think the goal against Maine is to win without Lecarica, Rafe, Torres, or Walters pitching. Right. 
that's your goal, right? What anyone else you use is probably okay. Obviously, you're not going to use like three of the starters, so it'll, you know, but if you can get through without taxing those arms, because that's our, that's our bullpen. Those are the guys you want to save for the rest of the weekend. So that's the goal. So whatever they think can do that. So if you go with Gaio, I think it would be Gaio then, then Chestnut probably right. to, to maybe eat a bunch of innings. I think you could get away with that. Um, you definitely don't want to do what we did in a lot of the midweeks, which is, you know, Gaio for two, then Torres for two, then Lecarico for two. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You, you got to win this game. Right? Yeah, you have to absolutely have to win this game. You got to so. win this game. So. And that's why I, we're talking about the pitching. The hitting's got to show up and just put up a crooked number early and kind of depressurize the thing. And that'll give Gino – I mean, I was joking about Brandall, but I think Sebastian Perez could actually – get some innings on Friday if we have a big lead. Yeah. Um, and and so I – and, you know, that's on the hitting to give Gino the luxury to do that. Because let's be real, if it's like a two-run game in the eighth, he's going to have to go to Walters for six innings, six outs, I mean. Like, that's just three out of it. Because to your point, you cannot lose this game. Right. So, you know, it's the hitting has got to put the game away so that you can take those luxuries of the pitchers. Because if it's, if, it's, if it's close – you, you gotta go Lecarica, you gotta go to Walters, you gotta get that, you gotta go to Torres, you gotta go to Rafe, you gotta use them. Yep. So the way to kind of put that out of reach is just to, you know, score a bunch of runs early. And and we didn't really do that last year. Yo-Yo was the only one that showed up last year. And he hit a, he I think he had two bombs against Canisius, and we finally put a little bit of a lead there, but that was tight through the middle innings. Um yeah, I think so too, Poke. I think that's the bigger thing here. If we get if we can I know I think someone else made that comment earlier. Yeah, smash thing. We'll shred them. Yeah, we should. Their pitching is not great, even against America East competition. So so there is an opportunity to to really hit them, and then that just makes the pitching decisions easy. Oh, and by the way, uh, I I didn't fully answer your question, but I think Gino right now still hasn't decided, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to wait until Friday. And he's also going to play the weather. I think the weather is going to play a big part in it, uh, too. Uh, I know it's weird to say because whoever, you know, should be able to come in and pitch in the rain. But you saw what people did in the rain. He did well. You saw what Ligon did in the rain. He did well as well. So that brings into question, do they go with somebody like that that can kind of pitch in those type of pressure pressure situations? So it's, it, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, what Gino does and you know yeah the other thing he might want to to, he might read into there is you you mentioned the weather in terms of like having to maybe play in the rain but does it feel like it's going to be a game that stops and starts a bunch because I don't know that currently Ligon is capable of basically starts if he yeah if he starts and then we get rain delayed he's probably done because um but if you recall that that duke game the last game of that of that weekend series our last home game of the year of the regular season um guile threw an inning and then lightning delay sat around for like an hour came back in and threw two more innings ligan can't do that right now so if you think you're going to get into a stop start situation 
you might say, eh, maybe today, like they, maybe the forecast is better tomorrow. And, and, you know, you do that sort of thing. Right. Now, before we get into the other two teams, because I know we talked about this a little bit, but the lineup is still a little bit of a question mark. And one specific, <laughs> one, yeah. one specific um, section, right? Like one hit. It's, it's that two hole. It's, it's that third outfielder. It's what do you do there? I, I, I think that Gino's going to stick with what he's what he's done right now, right? I think, especially against Maine, I think he's just going to stick with putting Viegas out there again, hitting two hole, uh, and you know, DHing uh, Renzo um, in the meantime and playing Sear at second base. I think that because I know we talked about, hey, well, well, I mean, Dorian is hitting the ball a little bit better. Why not put him in the second base? DH Sierra, he, he seems to hit the ball really well when he's DHing, and then maybe you can kind of throw in, you know, you Renzo. You can put Renzo or or if you want, you know, Carrier or or Pharaoh into the outfield. Yeah. Right. Although I don't know. I, what do you what do you think? Yeah, so this is actually well, I mean, just to dra- this is actually a problem for all of the names we just mentioned. <laughs> Except maybe, well, look, to be honest with you, right, like, Viegas had a shitty day in the outfield. Yeah. He's, typically, he's a really good outfielder. He's 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 solid. I think, yeah. I think, I, I am a little frustrated with, um, I think he's, he's a little too conservative out there. He, he lets balls drop that I think he can make a play on to avoid a double, which, you know, maybe how he's coached. Um, right. So, but I, I definitely, there's definitely been, I would say at least a dozen times recently where there's kind of 50, 50 fly balls hit and rather than like charge it and try to, you know, make a diving catch or get to it, he kind of pulls back, lets it land and, yeah. which is a safe play. It takes the double away. Cause if you miss it, we like laying out and catching a ball is very hard. And if you miss it, it's you're screwed, double or triple. Right. So, right. so I get that. I get why, but. But then, I mean, compared to Carrier and Pharaoh's range, like he covers the ocean, so <laughs> so so it's not exactly like when we're checking between those. Lorenzo doesn't have much range either. Yeah, um, and I'd love to put Dario in there. He's probably the best outfielder aside from Jacoby Long. But yeah, Dario Dario's definitely the the best. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. Um, By the way, I want to answer this really quick. I'm sorry, yeah. since the overweight yeah. thing. Um, typically. At the beginning, I would have said the same thing, Smash. But I think that Rafe has been throwing again. You got to remember, right? Like this baseball is about who's hot, who's pitching well, who's hitting well at the moment. You have to kind of go with the hot hand. Right now, Rafe is throwing well. He's throwing, yeah. He's been iffy at times, but right now, the past maybe week or two, he's come in in some pressure situations and done all right. He hasn't done bad at all. And maybe I don't know what happened with Sinta. I'm not saying that he has it, but. Well. On, on the Cinta, I, I I agree with you. And on the Cinta point, Gino did talk about because he did pitch well against Clemson, and he said right. he is going to pitch this weekend. Because sure. yeah, to 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 Jazz's point, Cinta was was a key bullpen arm for much of the year, and just you know disappeared. wasn't even like someone they were calling on. Rafe definitely has gotten a lot more, gotten out there a lot more recently. But we went to Cinta on, on Sunday. He did really well, and. Gino did say he would he would pitch this weekend, so he he's going to he's going to come in too. Um, in terms of Rafe, I Gino actually talked about this before the Duke series, I believe. I don't I don't it was either before the Duke series before the ACC tournament, but I think it was before the Duke series. And he said he 
whether or not this is right. Uh, actually, Jazz will have a, a uninformed opinion on this. So I'll tell you what he said, and Jazz can comment on it. He said one of the things he does is you know talk to his hitters. Who on our staff is hardest to hit? And he said Rafe's name constantly comes up, and that is one of the reasons he likes to go to him. And then pretty much immediately after that, <laughs> Rafe is all of a sudden a key bullpen arm again when he had kind of not been pitching a lot most of the year. So right. is that the correct way to evaluate him as, as, a, as someone who played baseball at a high level? I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing, right? I think sometimes you just got to go with what your guys are telling you, man. I mean, those guys are at the plate and they're facing guys all the time, whether it's they're facing their own guys or they're facing – you know, other other guys with the same type of, you know, mechanics. And so the the big thing with Rafe is his arm angle, right? He's, yeah. His arm angle is, is kind of, it's kind of, you know, quirky. It's not three quarters, but it's not sidearm, but it's kind of on the side. It's very reminiscent of uh, Carson Pompa's arm, arm angle, right? Now, obviously, Carson was a, a stud, yeah. uh, you know, he was our ace. But I'm talking about just from an arm angle perspective, when you got a guy, and I'm going like this, <laughs> but um, – when you got come when you got a guy coming from that arm arm angle, whether you're a, a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter, the ball comes at you at a different angle, comes at you at a different way. And then if you mix in his off-speed stuff and he throws some sliders that are going to cut and, and break at your ankles, I mean that's what it's all about when it comes to Rafe. It's not really how hard he throws. He doesn't throw that hard. He's what eighty-eight to ninety more or less. So he doesn't throw that hard. It's his arm angle, how quick the ball gets to you. So if you can use that to your advantage, if you're a left-handed hitter and he's facing you from the left-handed side and he's coming at you with that arm angle now you know your your perception of the ball and where it's where it's coming out of is a lot different it makes it harder to hit it definitely does uh at that point it's not about you know it's not about speed it's more about the arm angle and how you know the ball comes at you and you know how live his arm is even even if he's not throwing that hard same thing with the right you know with the with the right-handed hitter he could be staying away from you and you think it's really you think it's really outside, right? When he's painting the black, or, or the ball's dropping, you know, dropping in the zone on an off-speed pitch, and you can't really tell because you're a right-handed hitter and he's throwing, you know, he's he's throwing it on the outside part of the uh, of the plate. And there's that's really what, what it comes down to. So I can see why they say that he is, you know, uh, 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 you know, tough to hit because it's 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 about arm angles with him. And you know, I, I'm not saying 88 to 90 is not hard because. That's what I threw, okay? So that was hard for, for a guy like me. Um, but with an arm angle like that and then you're throwing that way, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to hit. Yeah, I guess my only concern with Rafe is he walks a lot of batters and that can kill you. Yeah, yeah he does. He does. In these in these uh, pressure games. Um, just to, to kind of address what Smash time, I can probably talk about Texas and Louisiana. Um, so what we were – Saying is actually well, this is the this is stick with the guys that got you here. Don't mess with the lineup. Gino's mess with the lineup. Yeah, Gino is Gino's messing with the lineup. Um, um, yes, definitely on the fast. I agree with which, that. Which we've I been agree. which we've been talking. Jazz and I have been side chatting a lot. He's uh, Pedro Serrano from Major League is the way he's hitting right now for sure. Uh, but I think I think the the big thing we were talking about is Vegas. Ha- that that's the position that. Gino, Gino has kind of settled on his lineup. Like we kind of know eight of the nine guys that Viegas position is the one he keeps messing with. So we were kind of just going through some of the options there. I do think Viegas will start. He used the same lineup every, every game at the ACC tournament. I think it'll be the same one here. Right. But if you were going to, but that is the one position where 
you could potentially do a replacement, and it could be putting Carrier or Faro into the outfield. Or if you want to go more defense, it would be Dario. Or if you want to get another left-handed bat in there um, to replace Vegas with another left-handed bat, um, Dorian is an option as well because you can then sw- move everyone around Dorian to second, right. Sear to, to, to DH, yeah. and Renzo to left. So there are some options to play with the lineup there, but I think we're it's probably going to be Vegas. Yeah, and I know that 5K day was brutal, uh, but then he has some days where he stings the shit out of the ball, right? Yeah, we had a couple of guys really – like Carlos Perez had a really rough ACC yeah, tournament. Um, so we had a couple of guys struggling there. But I do, I do definitely agree. I think, you know – we're definitely not taking Renzo completely out of the lineup. So it would be Renzo would move to the outfield essentially if you're going to put Carrier or Farrow at DH. But yeah, I think Carrier's kind of been found out a little bit on the, uh... <laughs> which which we all, all of us that watch this program kind of already knew when he started, like all of a sudden came out there against the car and started hitting bobs. I'm like, eventually going to throw him a curveball. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and then, yeah, the book's kind of out on him. He's got to get better at hitting that stuff or he's, he's not going to be effective. And then Pharaoh, I mean, the numbers are good, but it's never felt right with him. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't. As, as good as his numbers look, they're not, it's, it's weird, man. It's, it's the weird. situational hitting is just not there. This is something this team struggles with quite a bit. And he's probably the poster child for that. It, it I mean, to, to use kind of a phrase that it's, it feels like a lot of empty calories with him. Right. Um, it's kind of like, which is almost the opposite of Renzo. Every time Renzo comes up in a spot, he seems like, you know, get the big single to get the runs home. And, and Farrow seems to do the opposite. He'll hit a solo shot in the midweek against FIU to go up eight to nothing. And it's right. like, so I, I, th- I think that's why. I think I think our lineup from the ACC tournament is what we're probably going to roll with. Yeah. In terms that's of pinch cool. hitting. Gino's been all over the place. Like Gabby Gutierrez is sometimes the first guy. Yeah. Even with the the guys we mentioned on the bench, um, and then I would expect Dorian to get into games as defensive substitution because that that's the move that he makes. And then Dario as well for maybe for Viegas late in games to also for defensive purposes. Because if you it, Levinson's a solid fielder, Long and and Dario can cover a ton of ground. If you have, if you have those three guys in the outfield, you are. Seriously limiting where the opponent can hit the ball. Yep, you're okay with that. I'm I'm okay with that. You gotta live, gotta live with that, right? Living by yep. that. So it's um, it's gonna be fun to watch. I think that yep. uh, yeah, the the one thing I will say is that if Gino sees that there's an issue with the lineup against Maine, regardless of you know, you know, even if we put up ten runs or if we put up two, uh, God, God, I hope we don't put up two. But if we put up ten or if we put up six, there, yeah, that's better. Um. He's gonna make a tweak. He's 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 played the hot hand recently, and he's gonna make a tweak if he thinks it's gonna help the team. He's gonna do it. So I, um, Kentucky can't provide hotel rooms for the regional. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this operation. So in Lexington, I guess there's some kind of country music festival. So all the hotel rooms are booked up. Oh wow! So the uh, the the opponents' players are staying in dorm rooms. Which they are, by the way, charging them a hundred bucks a night for. Of course. <laughs> and then, like the player, and and so they they allocate rooms for players and for staff and for no one else. So like the players' families and stuff have to stay like an hour That's away. That's wild, man. And while 
Smash's rights bad timing historically when a stadium is unable to accommodate the event they have forced them to host somewhere else you see this a lot with smaller schools that oh your stadium only holds like 500 people sorry if you want to host host at the minor league park like three towns over and they make them do that they should have made kentucky play somewhere they could be the host school but somewhere else if they couldn't yeah, accommodate. The minor league complex yeah yeah or, so, or you know it'd have to be a, a town a few towns over probably again because because there's nothing within an hour but then they should have had to own that and say look if you want to host you can't do it there because you can't accommodate the visitors right but they didn't do that so yeah the players are they're paying 100 schools are paying actually it's 92 dollars is the exact amount a night for a uh, a double room with the bathroom in between, like you'd stay in college. In a oh, like a room. Jack and Jill, like a Jack and Jill bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Um, so, uh, so they wow. get four players in two rooms with the bathroom in between them. Um, Ninety-two bucks per room, so that's one hundred and eighty, nice. eighty-four bucks for that is what they're charging the visiting schools for. Um, Sounds like fun. Rather than staying at an actual hotel, yeah, I just uh, it, sucks. Sucks. it sucks. It sucks for the uh, for the kids that earned a postseason bid. And, you know, yeah, part of the experience, and now you're staying in a dorm room sucks. Yeah, I, you know what? As a kid, I wouldn't have cared, but I get it. Well, I mean, I think it's almost worse. I think I would care less now because I'm like, whatever. Let's get down to business. But I think, you know, you these these are. Only 64 teams make it. These kids, you know, work their ass off from Lily to That's get to true. this point, and now you're staying in a dorm room, like, as if you're on your own campus. Like. I mean, you get to stay in a real nice, comfy hotel in Coral Gables somewhere, so does Texas and Louisiana. Please, yeah. I, I can't. I, I'm wondering where Texas is probably fucking staying in, like, a resort somewhere. Texas is definitely, like, staying in some kind of five-star resort somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, probably, still, probably on like a boat in the bay or something. No kidding, right? A couple of yachts. <laughs> yeah, that team's got so much money. Um, they rented a couple of yachts out in the Grove and they're staying there, you know? Uh, I had to share a bed on the road in cottage. Story of my life, too. Post- no, but that, that that's actually my point, right? When you get to this level, you get accommodations. Yeah. Right? They earned like to not be double bunking in a fucking dorm room. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's the frustrating part. Like, they earned that right to like, Hey, you can stay at an actual hotel and like not do that. Yep. Um, and, and they and they're not gonna get roared with that, which sucks for them. The six rig cane show. Yeah. The six rig cane show. Yeah. The six rings cane show. <laughs> you know. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.